Welcome back to Cocktails and Classics. I'm Dylan. Joining me as always, Ben and Cam. It's been a minute, but we're back. It's, it's spooky season. What better way to uh, kick off some spooky season than with a spooky-ish movie? We're going to do Silence of the Lambs this week. It was the only horror film to ever win Best Picture. To kick things off and get everybody in the right mood, we're going to go to this week's cocktail, though. The Hello Clarice. Uh, so the Hello Clarice comes from the Quantra website. It is a dash of Angostura bitters, a half ounce of a Chianti float, three quarters of an ounce of Cointreau, three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, and one and a half ounces of rye whiskey. And, uh, you know, Chianti, there's the line in the movie where he talks about eating the man's liver with some fava beans and a Chianti. And so instead of just doing uh, a Chianti outright, we decided to uh, zhuzh it up a little with a, with a cocktail featuring Chianti. Or if you want to be a complete psychopath, Chianti. Check the show notes below. Make yourself a Hello Clarice and use the Casker links to get yourself some Angostura bitters, some Cointreau, some rye whiskey, and hopefully some Chianti. Make it. Tag us on Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod and let us know what you think. You can check out The Silence of the Lambs on Max or HBO Max. I feel like I'm still going to call it H hbo max until i die they cannot make me not call it that until they send a cease and desist it'll always be the home box office to me <laughs> uh, that's the little uh intro yeah. <laughs> the same one they've used since like we were kids i yeah forever i'm surprised they've never changed that um and I think, I know they have Hannibal on there. Do they also have Red Dragon? I did not check to see that one. I would imagine they do. I feel like if they've got the two, they've got to have all three of them. The Silence of the Lambs is a 1991 crime drama thriller. Um, it currently sits at 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, making it the number 24 top-rated movie on IMDb. And on Letterboxd, it's number 91 on their top 250. Uh, directed by Jonathan Demme. Stars Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins. I'm trying to think. Of, uh, Ted Levine is in there. No one else is like really huge. Scott, Scott, Scott Glenn. Glenn. He's not huge, but he plays he uh, Jack a lot. Crawford. Yeah. I forgot why it was called Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> like I feel like that's such like a like you're like oh that's a that's a, it's a nice title like I was like it doesn't really play into the movie. And then I'm on this rewatch and she's like oh yeah there was. Like, lambs being slaughtered, and Anthony Hopkins says to her, do you think that will silence the lambs? And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> oh, he said the thing! He, he, he said so, the title. So this film did, uh, I mean, we already said that it's like the only horror film to win Best Picture, but it also won Best Actor in a Leading Role for Anthony Hopkins, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Jodie Foster, Best Director for Jonathan Demme, and Best Writing Screenplay Adapted on Material Previously Produced or Published for Ted Talley. So, had either of you guys seen this movie before? It's been a minute, but yeah. Technically, but I, watching it, I don't feel adequate in saying that, so, like, <laughs> I don't remember enough about it to know any, like, have any informed opinion before going into it. I had seen this a long time ago, like Ben, and I, you know, I remembered most of the beats, and I've seen Red Dragon, I don't remember if I've ever seen Hannibal but um i've watched like yeah. the first 10 minutes of hannibal and then that was just kind of like nah isn't it not as good i feel like I, I remember red dragon being really good 
And then Silence of the Lambs being really good and Hannibal being like, you could you could skip it. So from what I remember, it's more like spoilers for the sequel. Um, but like he's Hannibal Lecter is being like hunted. So it's almost like uh, Agent Starling is trying to catch Hannibal Lecter, but also trying to catch the person who's trying to have Hannibal Lecter killed. Like it's a whole weird it's a whole weird thing where, like, they almost, they make Hannibal Lecter seem more of a protagonist, which just doesn't, I don't know, doesn't feel right. It's it's weird. He's an antagonist in the fact that you find out more about, like, the stuff he did as, you know, a psychiatrist who's, which was fucking terror, terrifying, but I don't know. I, I, I didn't care for it. I think I watched, like, a, a little bit of it and it was like, ah. No, not for me. But Red Dragon, that movie slaps. It's also weird because it's like Julianne Moore plays Clarice and Hannibal. So like the only person who came back, it looks like, was Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, so um, I only know because I did a little bit of, of reading on this after I finished the movie. Jodie Foster wanted to come back but she had already committed to directing another movie. So she could okay. not break that commitment. And so when she was unable to go, that's when Julianne Moore came on. What's really weird to me uh, about the sequels, and I know I want to get into the actual movie, but about the sequels, this movie came out in 1991. The sequel, Hannibal, and came out, the year after Red Dragon came out, which is a prequel, those movies respectively came out in 2001 and 2002. That's a so long like... ass time to wait to make a sequel and then to just spit two out back to back. Right. It's this, the sequel and the pre-sequel. They think they're Borderlands. Well, <laughs> what's really what's what's really weird is that I know I, I don't think I think the book Hannibal was written like in 99, but I think Red Dragon came out before Silence of the Lambs. Like, I I feel like it, I feel like that would have already existed to be able to be made into a movie, but I don't know. It was kind of weird. Yeah. My dad was like, yeah, this is the only, one of the only books I ever read. I read it and then went and watched the movie. I was like, seems kind of weird but it's an odd choice <laughs> um it, it yeah yeah that's uh <laughs> bold he's like but yeah, hey i've I only can't... read silence of the lambs american psycho i don't, I don't know it's Mind just... Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> you know i can't like i look reading I this sit... book in its isolation is like or sorry reading this book is fine but reading the only this book is kind of sus yeah yeah <laughs> all right so I don't know if I, I feel like I've said this to you guys before. When I went to school, uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to be a criminologist and like become an FBI agent. So like, this is one of those movies for me that like hits home when I'm like, yeah, like getting the, getting the criminal's mind, like picking apart the, you know, doing the dirty work, doing the leg work, all of that, like just really hits home and is like, yeah, the the other Dylan in the other universe where he doesn't become a film kid. 
he he would have been this. He would have been Jodie Foster. Hey, they got plenty of films on the FBI, man. It's not too late. <laughs> Funny thing is, I did, like I said, did not remember most about this. Movie. I did not realize Clarice was like a student, effectively. You know, yeah. like a trainee. She's like a trainee, and they're just like, yeah, why don't you go interview the, like, why don't you go interview this cannibal cannibal on super lockdown for me, please? Who's very manipulative, by the way. Yeah, the whole th- the, like it doesn't make sense. Like I, I mean, everyone kind of talks about how what's his face Jack Crawford is kind of using her. Yeah, it also kind of seems in his mind he's kind of like, oh, she's like a star pupil. Like I remember you from this lecture I gave or whatever. But at the same time, like. He really just kind of throws her into the fire. And when she first goes to see Hannibal and there's like the dude jerking it and there's the nice psychopath also in that. I was like, Jesus, like she's just really in the shit right now. Immediately. Yeah. No preparation. Just. It's like her first week in the the academy, (laughs) too. Oh, my God. Sorry I took you off the course, but uh, hey, you're going to go talk to this uh, cannibal, and he's going to hey, help you identify. Do, do you remember identify. that story about the really, you know, the crazy psychiatrist who's really good at manipulating people? Yeah, we're going to have you go talk to that guy, uh, and just, you know, do what you can. See if you can get his help on this. Like, oh, okay. Also, I love how she immediately breaks, like, every rule that they all tell her. Yeah. Don't approach the glass. Immediately walks right up to the glass. <laughs> don't don't tell him anything personal about yourself. Hmm. What's your deepest? What's what's your most ter- like worst memory as a child when my dad died? <laughs> okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna dive right in. All right, bold move. Well, yeah, and I mean that kind of helps her in a sense because you know does. at the end he's like, I'm not gonna hunt you down. Like I think I like. I think the world's brighter because you're in it. Tee-hee. <laughs> you know, people are going to think we're lovers. God, so weird. No, I will say, I remembered, I remembered like beats of this movie. I didn't remember how, how terrifying Anthony Hopkins is. Like, I remember him being like, you know, I remember, obviously, again, we're going to spoil the shit out of this when he does like the prison break and like he stabs the, like he picks the yeah. lock and he handcuffs the dude and then like starts biting the other. Like I remember the cannibal parts and being like, Oh, this is pretty terrifying. But the parts where he's just like in the cell, I don't even know. Like his eyes are like the eyes open and he's communicating, but it just seems like there's like no sense of like guilt or anything like, behind his eyes. There. Yeah. Yeah, like he's talking about like, oh, I I didn't kill him. Uh, okay, but you knew this guy was murdered? Yeah, I didn't kill him though. Mm, all right, you feel no no guilt, no nothing. And he, he showed it so, so well. His eyes are so terrifying. I, I don't know how to describe it, but I, I forgot how completely terrifying just him in the cell is. Yeah, I mean, what's the, what's this statistic oh so he's the second shortest screen time to win best actor uh he was well, crazy 20... one best act actor and not yeah. supporting actor that's yeah, wild because he's he's only in it for 24 seconds yeah. seconds <laughs> or sorry minutes? 24 minutes so yeah. uh and that's i mean he literally had like 
a minute and 20 seconds more screen time than the shortest guy. What's the shortest? Uh, the shortest is 23 minutes and 39 seconds, and Anthony Hopkins was 24 minutes, 52 seconds. Okay, what I meant was who, like, what uh, is the role? David, David, David Niven? Niven in Separate in- Tables from 1958. Okay. Which, I mean, back then, you got to remember, like, that's like half of a movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it says Hopkins is the shortest as far as, like, percentage of runtime. It's only 21% of the film. Like, when you think about this movie, you don't, I mean, you think of Jodie Foster and, like, was it Buffalo Bill? But, like... Honestly, what you think about is Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> like, he is basically the star of the movie, even though he's not the main plot point, per se. Right. Like, it's all to solve this other murder, but, like, when you think of the movie, you think of, like, Hello, Clarice, and, and like, the, uh, what is it, the, I, I ate his liver with a, with a nice Chianti and fava beans, and the... Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's the shit you remember. You don't remember. Yeah, it's weird as hell. No, he's he's legitimately like it's terrifying. He's super good in it. But yeah, you think of Silence of the Lambs. That's you think Hannibal Lecter. That that's oh Silence of the Lambs. Oh, the Hannibal Lecter movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, granted, it. I think it it is his book series. Like he is the the main. Yeah. Character oh yeah. Of he's the book series and everything. But like, yeah. For as much as little as he's in the movie, he is the one you remember the most. <laughs> And maybe that's like maybe that's part of the like horror elements of it because to me, as someone who like I like I took a horror class, I love horror movies and that was like kind of the thing that got me into like film. But when you think of it, like most of the time when you think of the monster, it's so much scarier when you don't see it. Like when it's just hidden and it's it's the thing in the darkness, it's so much scarier. So maybe that is like this concept like with this movie is like in the scenes where you see him, he stands out and then he's just gone and you're like, all right, so when are we going? When, when's he coming back? Like, when are we going to get back to this crazy psychopath, like creepy dude, you know, like maybe maybe that's like part of the, the mind games that's playing like with, with us as the viewer. We're like, OK, but that guy, that guy's that guy's kind of crazy. I mean, the other dude's. The other dude's killing people and making a skin suit to become a woman, but like that guy, he's talking about like eating people and like just finding bodies that he didn't kill and being okay with it, and at the same time being a psychiatrist. And he made a dude kill himself just by whispering at him in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, yeah. look, back if you're guy. a cannibal <laughs> oh. and you find oh, a dead body that you didn't kill, I mean, that's kind of like your best case scenario, right? Free real estate. Kind of what you so, hope. It's what you hope to find. It's kind of like, yeah, finding a dollar. The movie Hannibal goes into more of like the stuff where it's like completely, you know, you, you know, he talked the guy into like swallowing his tongue and, tongue and killing himself. But like the stuff he does to his patients that you see in Hannibal is like nightmare inducing. Okay. That's where you've, you're like, oh no, this. This dude is legitimately haunting. Like he did shit that's, you know, he he kind of comes across as a gentleman in this, you know, <laughs> un, until you see him eat some dude's face and everything. But you know, oh, but that's why he's a that's why he's a psychopath. He comes off as very yeah. polite until he wants to eat your face off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's well spoken. He's very he seems very polite and gentlemanly. And then it's just like, Oh yeah, hold on. Uh, 
I'm going to cut off this man's face, wear it uh, as a mask, and then wait till I get in an ambulance and then make an escape. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. That I kind of thought about when I was, I was like sitting down to get ready to record. Is this movie, it kind of reminds me of, if you guys remember Candyman. I don't know why, like it's like, it's horror, but it's not, like it's not like super scary. Like it's like, it's more thrillery and, and just like, you know, they're both set in kind of like, they're both set in like the nineties ish. Um, and like the female lead, it's more like creepy vibes than it is like getting actually scared. Uh, and I don't know, I, I, I don't know if you guys agree with that or if that was something that like I was just pulling out of left field and I was like, oh, you know, I, I didn't think Candyman, but I was trying to describe this movie, um, because I was talking about it with with my wife, and I was like, "Have you seen it?" She's like, "No." I was like, "Okay." I said, "It's a horror movie, but it doesn't feel like a horror movie. Like it feels more like a thriller." And then there's just like there's moments that get more intense than a typical thriller would. But yeah, I I, I almost struggled to. I I don't know. I know horror movies come in different shapes and sizes, and I, I guess I don't really know what makes a movie a horror movie compared to something else. But, yeah, I think of this movie more like a a mystery thriller that then kind of... So, I I don't know. Take a, take a mystery thriller, shake it up, put, pour it in a glass, and then just, like, garnish it with a little bit of, like, slasher. And, and there you have this movie. It's like, yeah, there's like a little bit of elements of kind of the slasher horror of like, you know, the stuff where, like I said, where Hannibal like cuts up those security guards and everything like that. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to put this. It's, it's a scary movie, but I don't think of it as like a horror movie. It's almost, it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like scarier because it's more real in a sense like you know like serial killers are real uh i i mean don't know i mean i well all right you know some of the serial killers were cannibals but like you know you don't yes. you don't hear too much about cannibalism in today's day and age at least it's not like i'm researching it but uh you know like <laughs> you're not actively looking into <laughs> Yeah, but you know, like like serial killers are real. It's it's more grounded than like yeah. I don't know, like ghosts. I, I love witches, ghouls. Yeah, I was gonna say I love the thing, but like I don't think there's an extraterrestrial being taking over the world. Little do I know. I don't know, but you know, like you better yeah, hope little, not little with that green, attitude. <laughs> little green ghouls, you know. Yeah. <laughs> green ghouls, ghouls, buddy. <laughs> goblins. Uh, but you know, like like I feel like it's just more. It's it's scarier because it's more grounded. That's what I think of the first time I I remember seeing like Halloween, was like I think it hit in terms of like scary movies. You know I can remember watching like Pet Cemetery, um, Carrie, there's another one, and then like seeing Halloween and being like, oh, this one's more terrifying because like this is just a random dude escaped from a mental institution and just goes on a killing spree. Like, yeah. Oh, this, this is just a, a stalker that we watch stalk and kill people like, all right. Yeah. This is, this is pretty terrifying. Some of the ones where it's like, Oh yeah, 
this is Freddy Krueger and he haunts your dreams. It's like, okay, I mean, can kind of step aside and funnel that out. Things like ghosts, if you don't believe in ghosts, you're kind of like, oh yeah, all right. I can kind of separate myself from this. But yeah, I find always like the scariest things are when it's like th this, you know, it's not a true story. It could be a true story if someone were insane enough. And there were people that did stuff like this. Yeah, well, that's like, what is it? Uh, Ed Gein, who's like the most notorious for like inspiring a bunch of different like Texas Chainsaw, Psycho, a bunch of those where it was like he was the creepy dude who lived with his dead mom, but also like used people's skin to make lamps and shit. In fact, I think he was an inspiration for Buffalo Bill. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's literally the inspiration for Buffalo Bill. Because <laughs> he had like a fucking lampshade made out of nipples yeah, or some shit. So like, it was nice. Fucking hell house when they found that dude. That's the scene I always remember like being like parodied is the scene where like he's dancing around. Uh, yeah. Do, don't they do that in Clerks? What? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason Muse does it. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, Family Guy did it, and it's just like the would, would you, you fuck, fuck me? me? I would fuck, fuck me. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, he steps out from the mirror and just kind of like does the old the old tuck. Yeah, uh, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a tough watch. This is bad. This is high tier cringe. All right, you need to calm down, sir. <laughs> Oh god. Okay, I did not see that like that cutaway. All right. So somebody uh on Letterbox made a made a comment. It was like there's only one mo moment in the film that still sends literal shivers down my otherwise unbothered spine with heart racing. That is when Hannibal's finger strokes Clarice's when handing over the case file. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It was shocking. It was brilliant. That moment captured on film at once the change from standard tension to potential danger for Clarice to an actual personal promise slash threat what that promise was i don't know was it a declaration of love or admiration was it the menacing stroking of the lamb before slaughter or was it another clue for her that he was about to enter the world of actual physical contact that he had been so closely secluded from we find one of those answers in a uh, later film some in this one but in that brief moment we are given the key without knowing which door it would lead to and then says spoiler i'm not gonna read the spoiler <laughs> Yeah, I definitely saw that. I mean, you can, it's through that and other actions. I mean, Hannibal, Hannibal's just so good at playing everybody around him into doing exactly what he wants them to do. Well, he's like, and, he, he's like the, like, edgy, the edgy villain who, like, you know, gets to do whatever, you know, like, when he, when he, Clarice, like, gives him the fake promise from the senator. And then the doctor is like, no, I got you a real promise. And then they go there and he literally says, fuck, what does he say? Some shit about Creepy like, shit. Oh, do your nipples still hurt after you fed her or something? Yeah. Like when no, she dies, you know, says some he's just like, what the fuck, dude? Like all this to come here to be like a fucking tool bag. Well, it was to go there so that he'd be in a temporary prison so that he could to, escape like, he escaped, out of that yeah. prison. I mean, he was just toying with her, which is just, you know him cherry on top for him you know here's here's my question did the dude honestly somehow forget his fucking pen in the cell that's what we're led to believe i guess 
I mean, most people don't think about a pen, right? Like most people, yeah. like a pen's an everyday object, and you're just like, yeah, I'm here yeah. to fill this out. And it's like, if you leave a pen, some like, do you really remember if you leave a pen somewhere? No, you only remember if you go to if you go to look for it, and you're like, ah, shit, where did I leave that pen? Yeah, but don't you then think, shit, where did I leave that pen? This dude just goes, uh, oh yeah, I'll take yours. Yeah, but this guy is like very arrogant, you know? Oh yeah, no, he's a he's a chungus. I think the other thing is like he might have dumped the pen eventually because literally all he had was like the nib, like the actual yeah. writing part of it. At the, you know when he escapes, so maybe it was like maybe he dumped it and they were kind of like, hey, search this guy, and there's no pen on him at that point. But or maybe. does he pull it out when he's in the cell? Because he's got something in his mouth. Was that him pulling that part out? Um. Yeah, he does something when he's sitting behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, maybe so he maybe... is. Pull- maybe he does. Yeah, you might be right on that. Maybe he in- maybe he ingested it. He was pooping it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He put it in the one know, place where it's hard to find stuff. <laughs> What's well, funny? <laughs> yep. So there's like small the old prison pocket. <laughs> there's like small things you don't really notice. Um. I was like, I was like so dumbfounded when the cops come in and they're like, "Oh, that's that's Pembry. Like, talk to him. Tell him he's gonna be all right." I was like, "How do you not notice this dude doesn't fucking look like?" This yeah. Well, guy? he had his face on. I I noticed that later when he gets he in the ambulance. He had his face on, and he was all bloody. So they they they. My head cannon. Which they allude to is that they allude to, yeah. but like you kind of forget because like you hear the dude crawling away. Then Hannibal picks up the knife and is like, are you ready, Officer Pembry? And, like, that's just all you hear. And then it cuts to the elevator. Yeah. And then, yeah, when you when you find out, and they're like, the body drops. And, like, he's missing the face. You're just like, oh, God. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is bad. Yeah. Like, when he gets in the ambulance and pulls it off, too. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. That's why. I, I just was like, how do you guys not look at this dude? Like, I get, like, he's blood and, like, disfigured. I was like, but. Well, they probably didn't the guy, want to. My headcanon is like, they saw this dude, a bloody mess, they saw his name tag, and they were like, ah, gross. Oh, I have a feeling, I have a feeling, <laughs> don't especially look at him. like the young, the young officer was immediately like, I don't even want to like look at this guy. And when he's like, get down and talk to him, like, I'm surprised they even showed him looking at him. I'm surprised it wasn't like him looking away, talking to him. Yeah, which I mean. Because that's how I would have done it, just to be like, this dude's literally just can't even look at, I mean. This is some young rookie who doesn't know what's going on. And uh, he's, you know, he's lived a pretty easy, easy life as an officer so far. And now has to look at a dude who's like lacerated all over the face. And they just saw another dude hanging from the bars like, like gutted. Yeah. Dissected like a fucking butterfly. Uh, yeah. Which again goes to how good uh anthony hopkins is in this movie where like you see him with the nightstick hitting the guy and again there's just like no there's no it doesn't look like he's enjoying it it doesn't look like he doesn't like he just has like this blank look of like okay i'm just i'm killing you this is it this is what we're doing business as usual let's let's go to the next thing which is weird because you'd think you know, a guy who's a cannibal and likes, you know, is a murderer would get some sort of satisfaction out of murder, but he doesn't really seem to. I feel like the other the the other thing that always stands out is the 
it puts the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> Put a lotion in the fucking bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm like, uh, like every time I hear that the sequence, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really dark if you think about it for more than five seconds. Well, yeah. The fact that like when they're in the when they're in the morgue at the one part and they're like, that's probably later. But then when they're like, oh, they're like he's he's hunting down bigger women, so then like their skin will stretch out, and he and he waits to kill them, so then like he can the skin will like come back or whatever. I forget what the exact reason was. I was just like, what the fuck? It's gross. He needs the skin like loose. Yeah, yeah. He needs the loose skin so he can sew it. Yeah, it was that was uh after she goes to like the girl's house and she sees the like sewing pattern in the closet yeah. matches matches like the cuts that are out of her back. Yeah, it was it was fucking creepy. Well, like I mean, I know I know classic Jody... Ohio classic Ohio border city with fucking West Virginia. I was going to say makes the entire state look like a bunch of hillbillies. What's really ironic, uh, Ted Levine, who plays Buffalo, who plays Buffalo Bill, is from a border city in Ohio, on the border of Ohio and West Virginia. He knew exactly how to play that. <laughs> so I think literally the city, I, I, I looked up, because I saw where he's from, and I'm like, oh wait, I think I recognize this city. In fact, it's he's from Bel Air, Ohio. And literally, when you, like, click on the, or hover over Wikipedia about Bel Air, it shows the bridge, and I'm pretty sure that's the bridge Jodie Foster is driving over when it shows her, like, driving into Ohio. I've I've been to the border of West Virginia and Ohio. Um, I think I've driven over that bridge. It's, pre- it's pretty rough, I will say. Oh, yeah, it's, it's sketchy as all hell. It just makes sense to me that this guy's from there, and, uh, you know, like was getting away with it because as soon as Jodie Foster walks in and is like, oh, yeah, I'm with the FBI, he's immediately like, hmm, got any leads? Got any uh, <laughs> fingerprints? You, th- you think you guys got a, you, you, you know, is there a guy you're kind of interested in? And you're like, sir, that seems kind of sus. Of what you're... <laughs> Do you have a description of what you're looking for? Uh, hmm. it... <laughs> you're, you're asking a lot of questions for, you know, just a common folk you know what do you <laughs> like if i met an fbi agent looking for murder i wouldn't be like hey what are all the case details why don't you let me in on those real quick it's a classic trope the people the guilty people associate themselves with the investigation you know they want to feel like they're smarter they want to feel smarter than the police criminal mind shit behavior analysis unit which is weirdly enough what what jack was yeah, it's like based on this. That's his thing. He's the, he's the behavioral science, whatever. I don't unit. know. The behavior science unit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, apparently they, the FBI was like, actively involved in helping them make the film. So like, multiple of the characters were, uh, like coached by real life FBI agents. Is that is that why Scott Glenn never kicked one of the writers on set? Well. Maybe they should have gotten some of that FBI training for the cast of Criminal Minds. Oh, my God. 
That's a deep cut. Wow. I was gonna say, where's Ben going with? Oh shit. Like one of the yeah, oh, one of the dudes on. Give it a second. Oh, <laughs> give it a second. He's getting there. He's cooking. That is that was so disappointing when he. I was watching it because I I had just started watching it like a couple years back for the first time, and he was just like gone. I was like, why is this guy just like gone from the show? I he was kind of like I liked him on the show. And I was like, oh, he was abusive towards the cast. Like, what? Or the crew. He physically kicked, he physically kicked one of the writers like in the chest or something. Who was this? He fucking Sparta kicked a dude. Uh, what's uh, his name? Greg from Dharma and Greg, but then he plays Hotch. Yeah. He's like the most, like, it's funny because on the show, he's the most, like, restrained, straight-laced guy. And then apparently he has a real bad temper in real life. And yeah, he just has written off the show because he kicked someone in the chest, and I guess. And it wasn't like the first time he'd gotten physically abusive with like a writer or something. And then <laughs> they were like, yeah, man, you're done. You're done, bro. And he was actually a good character, yep. so that was sad. I'm like, oh, god damn it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. He he was, I really liked his character, and then it was just like, oh, yeah, he's gone into witness yeah, protection. Yeah, that okay. that's right. And it was so unceremonious, too. It was just like, yeah, he's just gone. He's just gone. They literally just were, like, sitting around the table. They're like, oh, where's Hotchner? Oh, uh, they thought someone thought they saw this ki- this serial yeah. killer. And so uh, they put him and his son in witness protection. So that's that's the end of it. And, like, that was just it. They do reference him in other points, but never he's never shown on screen again for reasons. Yeah, nope. For reasons. It is funny that you like, I don't know, shows do that all the time and you don't really realize it until you look it up later. Like, I don't know, I'm like, oh, why did this character leave the show? And it's either like some it's something usually benign or like bad. It's like, oh, they had a contract dispute or, you know, or like you said, or they're abusive. It's like, ah, the the one that irks me, spoiler for a show that ended, I don't know how many years ago. I'm going to talk about Bones, the show Bones. We're going to get uh, in depth here. Um, the character, I think, Sweets yep. was like the psychiatrist or something. Yeah. They killed him off. He literally asked to be like, to leave for like a month or something. They killed to him off? a movie. And they just killed him off. I remember them killing him off. He's I like, didn't realize that was, was for that. <laughs> yeah, he literally just wanted to go. He was like signed on to direct this movie and asked if like, hey, can I just like leave for like a month or something, direct this movie and then uh, come back? And they're like, yeah, OK. And then they just killed him off. Wow. Like, that's such a dick you move. Do to a dude who literally was like, hey, like, I'll I'll come back. I just want to do this thing. And they're just like, yeah, no. No, it'd be fun if no. we killed you instead. <laughs> yeah. It'll be really dramatic. Everyone's going to be really sad about it. That well, episode. I mean, if it like delayed the show, you know, then... but like but all they had to do. They writ they wrote him off the show. They literally could have written him off a several other ways and just been like, "Hey, um, he's got to go Sweets visit family." Doing- yeah, there something. are also or multiple think, episodes where there's the show, where some people are I not think in, in it. The show, yeah, and I think in the show, like in the show, his wife or girlfriend is like pregnant. They're just like, "Oh, so he had the baby. He's on paternity leave." Like that's that's all you had to do. Yeah. Wow, that's messed <laughs> it up. It wasn't it wasn't a complex thing to do. They just were like, "All right, well." You're gone now. Yeah, that's messed up. I didn't know that. I but I do. I remember what I what I was watching the show when that happened, and I was yeah. I was like, what? Side 
point about him, I did not realize he did apparently help direct the Dungeons and Dragons movie. The the guy from Bones or the yeah guy from... the guy from Bones yeah oh. that guy. Hey, I'm proud of him. The guy from the guy from Waiting. Yes, the guy from Waiting. Ryan Reynolds. No, no oh. the other guy, the the guy in Waiting who's like the the newbie. He's like the trainee the entire movie. The guy that shows his nutsack. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. that guy. Okay. <laughs> I think that's all of the people in the movie though at some point is <laughs> the the main guy who's not ryan reynolds or justin long god i haven't seen that movie in years probably a good thing or andy melanakis <laughs> the name i haven't heard in a long I time I about to say <laughs> i was like i, I was gonna say i didn't even show. remember he was in that thing <laughs> keep baloney in my left pocket <laughs> I got peas on my head, but don't call me a pea. <laughs> this has really gone off the rails. Oh, jeez. <laughs> got peas on my head, but don't call I didn't me have, a pea. I didn't have uh, Hannibal Lecter and Annie Milanakis <laughs> on my bingo card. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I didn't have both those guys on there. Sorry. Any Anybody who did <laughs> either listening to it the second time around... Or is it fucking psychic? Because there's no reason <laughs> anyone should have been like, oh yeah, I know. They'll definitely talk about Andy Melanakis on this podcast. There's a thing down here that Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins only only share four scenes together in the entire movie. I mean, each of those scenes are like, you know, five minutes long. Yeah. So there's your 20 of your 24 minutes for Anthony Hopkins. Says Jodie Foster avoided yeah. Anthony Hopkins during their scenes together because she was terrified of them. Interesting. I read a thing where uh, they like the one of the first things they filmed together is when he makes fun of like her accent, mm. and she's like completely taken off guard. And like after the scene, he apo- he apologizes, and she's like, "No, like that was like it it that was perfect. Like you legitimately like freaked me out." Yeah, her her reaction was her her horrified reaction was genuine. Hmm. To when he just straight up calls out her her shitty southern accent. Some of this trivia is like crazy to me. It says Jodie Foster first read the the novel. She tried to buy the rights herself, and only only to find that Gene Hackman had already beaten her to it. Wow. Kind of interesting to me that like Clarice is this kind of like bright young like not necessarily like protege but she's like kind of the new kid on the block but she's like bright and she's gonna be something bigger it feels like that feels like the legwork and the psychological like detective portion of it but we see the one scene in the training where she doesn't do well with the gun and then at the end of the movie it almost feels like that was kind of like foreshadowing in a sense of now she's better she's trained all of this like, now she has the gun. Here we go. And then immediately it's like, oh, he shuts off the light. She's, like, panic and, like, stressed out. And, like, she kind of just, like, not necessarily crumples because she does get the bad guy in the end and saves herself. But Was waiting for her to find him in the corner. Be like, oh, shit, she, she checked, checked the, the corner. corner. She learned. Yeah, it was, yeah. But, like, yeah, like, she kind of, like, there's just almost no growth in that sense of, like, her character. Which I thought it like there was gonna be like she oh she's been training like she's ready, uh, and I just found it interesting that they kind of like not necessarily made her weak, but 
Yeah. Like, I mean, she is a trainee, so I get it. Yeah, I mean, she literally just caught, like, this big... But it was kind of an accident. We, we talk about how, like, iconic Anthony Hopkins was with 24 minutes of screen time in this movie. But to think of, like, looking at the list, uh, this is according to Wikipedia, of other actors who were apparently considered for the role or auditioned for the role. Originally, the role was offered to Sean Connery. That, who turned it that down. Why, I feel that like that is a bad. constant theme. Is we, we watch these movies and they're like, oh, Sean Connery could have played the role, but then he didn't. And it's like, thank fuck. Like, <laughs> why? Why do you want this person? You know what? Big props to Sean Connery for not just chasing the money and taking on roles like he knows don't fit. Thanks yeah, for right? not ruining movies, Sean. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way to go. Um... Other actors considered, and one of these I'm skeptical of, uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, the usual suspects. Yep, classic. Pacino, De Niro, Dustin Hoffman. I don't know who Derek Jacoby is. Derek I, Jacoby? I don't recognize this guy. Uh, I'm literally trying to look. He looks mostly like a, he looks like a British, like, almost like more like a, British theater. Dude, his IMDb page like it, picture is creepy as hell. The black and white one? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he's... Uh, he was in Gladiator, and... I'm I'm curious as to why they, like, went with... Because Sean Connery is, what, like, British or Irish or something? Scottish? Scottish. Scottish. And then this guy, Derek Jacoby, is uh, British. I'm wondering why they, like, tried to go with British actors for... Uh, Hannibal. I mean, the others weren't like De Niro uh, well, and Pacino wasn't. But the, this, hold on, hold on. Uh, apparently, Forrest Whitaker says he auditioned for the role. Okay. Which I just feel like. Does it not seem like he would have been too young? Yeah, I feel like he would have been right. Uh, I mean, maybe he's just much older than I thought. Like for he. He made okay, so he was in Platoon in 1986. Okay, he was in Good Morning Vietnam in 87. This movie came out in 91. He would have been 30. I feel like he wouldn't have just like that doesn't That's pretty seem young feasible to play a a psychiatrist who's already been in prison for years. Yeah, the man would have been a psychiatrist for what six months. Yeah, I mean Anthony Hopkins was in his 50s. In the, when this when they made this movie, this is the other one. Um, they say Sir Daniel Day Lewis. I feel like Again, he also feels would have really been early at the time. Yeah, I feel like like now Uh-oh. Daniel Day Lewis. Oh my god! Oh, put him in there. If I'm, if <laughs> put I'm, him in that cage. If I'm casting this, <laughs> if I'm casting this movie for the for the 2020s, give me Daniel Day Lewis all day. He'd he'd be fantastic, but. In 1991, I mean, had he even had he even been in anything? I feel bad for uh, Forrest Whitaker on his IMDb page. He's known for Last King of Scotland, amazing performance, The Butler, Black Panther, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've 
this man has a hundred Battlefield Earth, but he has 138 acting credits, and they were like, you know what else he's known for? Probably the worst movie on his <laughs> <laughs> on his filmography. <laughs> yeah, but everybody, but a lot of people you, know it. Uh, yeah, it's true. What do you think? Should we do like Good Morning Vietnam? Like he was in that. He was he was good in that. No, no, no. Stick with Battlefield Earth. Trust me. People are going to want to know that he was in this movie. Maybe the um, people who made Battlefield other... Earth paid IMDb to put that up there. <laughs> no, 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 no. People people then... love this movie. It's it's a cult classic, right? <laughs> Stop saying oh. Battlefield Earth is a cult classic. <laughs> it's not. Oh, my God. It the... won't catch on. <laughs> cult classics have higher than 2.5 on IMDb. Like, what is the rating of the room on IMDb? You know, it's probably higher than 2.5. I think it's a four. Oh, my God. That's too high. (laughs) 3.6. That's too high. Yeah, that's higher than Battlefield Earth, which is a multi-million dollar production. So we talked about Gene Hackman uh, buying the rights to the movie. Mm -hmm. So he was attached to the film to play Jack Crawford. Okay. Um. He, quote, found the script too violent, so he dropped off. Uh, and then Scott Glenn was cast. To prepare for the role, uh, Scott Glenn met with uh, John Douglas, who is the kind of the basis for, like, the care, like the the people who developed the behavioral analysis unit. Mindhunter. Like, criminal Minds. Um, mind, yeah, the main character in Mindhunter is based on him. Um, it says... And I, again, Wikipedia, so anyone can edit, grain of salt. It says that he gave uh, Scott Glenn a tour of the Quantico facility and then played for him the audio tape from uh, Lawrence Bitteker and Roy Norris. Um, so I just am not going to talk too much about this, but these two guys were a pair of um, serial killers called the Toolbox Killers. And the tape is literally of them like committing a murder like there's a full audio recording who the fuck plays that for someone like there's there's been talk where like they they would not like they played like a couple minutes of it for a jury and the jury had to they they had to like go on a break after like two minutes they played this dude the whole fucking tape it said according to douglas scott glenn wept as he listened to the recordings and changed his stance on the death penalty wow that's crazy. Be like that who, dude single handedly. I'm sorry. I'm a fucking me. actor. I'm an act. I'm an. I'm an actor. Do not play me some sick shit that you you've got recordings of. Like I don't want to hear that. Dude, yeah, I guess you gotta know full. if you want to be really good at your job. You gotta know the source material, even though it's messed up. <laughs> gotta read the manga before you perform the anime. Wow. <laughs> That is so interesting that he's like, yeah, all right, maybe we should be killing these people. Maybe we should. I assume he, I assume he means that he is now for the death penalty after hearing the tape. Well, it Probably. says it says they changed his he changed his his liberal stance on oh, the death okay. penalty. So I'm assuming I'm assuming it, yeah, it went from like this is bad to like mm, maybe we should for some people. Maybe we should kill this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like at a certain point. You know, if he was like, hey, I got a tape to play for you, I'd be like, yeah, who's the buy? <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> the Toolbox Murders. Never heard of that band before. Oh, this... oh that guy, <laughs> that this... was that was a subject is... on Mindhunter, right? I think. 
if I recall. Who? John Douglas? The toolbox murders? Yeah, yeah. No, it is, isn't it? I think it is. I thought... I've seen a show where that was either influenced or directly in there. I thought it was Mindhunter. I'm pretty sure it is Mindhunter. In the last season, I thought it was literally like... Isn't that like the recurring theme? Like, wasn't he active during that time, I thought? No, that's BTK. Well, they had him too, but he was like a more long-arching thing. Oh, look at this, these were these were two these were two guys. Um, Man, rest in peace to Mindhunter. We're never gonna get season three, are we? It's over. Oh, I know. fuck, it sucks. It's so good. It's such a good show, man. Need to go. Need to go back and watch that shit. All right, uh, next season rewatch of Mindhunter for the podcast. I mean, God, it's so good. I can't find, I feel like there was a, I feel like it was, God, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm like misremembering something because I feel like there was a show in which they had that, they had that person like in it. I don't know. Maybe not. Also, I'm surprised. So Gene Hackman bought the rights, right? And then was like, this is too violent. I'm surprised he didn't try to like do anything to like change that. Like he wasn't just like some hey, people man. have integrity. All right, but, they're like man, this yeah. is good, but not for me. I mean, yeah, Sean Connery, seriously. same thing. This is good. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> this is too good. So I imagine it's somewhat th- something like that. Also, like, did he? So he bought the rights to it. Did he sell the rights, or did he just have like a producing credit? Like maybe he was like, I won't do this very well, but I have a monetary interest in it doing well. So probably a bit. Let's of hand it off. Both, I would imagine. Oh, for for Gene Hackman. Yeah. Um, I believe. Okay, so this was actually Silence of the Lambs was like the second movie that was made based on the book. The first one, ironically enough, was called Mindhunter. Interesting. What? What? Or no, Manhunter was was based on a different uh, novel by the same author. So before Silence of the Lambs, um, they partnered with Hackman. Hackman was set to direct and possibly star. Uh, They were going to split the $500,000 cost of the rights between Hackman and the studio. The producers had acquired the rights to the character, and uh, basically, due to the the failure of Man or Manhunter, not Mindhunter, due to the failure of Manhunter, um, the the producer of that movie basically like gave them the rights for free. I don't know. I I have a feeling that maybe they just split it, and then I'm guessing maybe he made money off of it. I don't know. They don't say anything else about it after like. Basically, that like he found the the screenplay to be too violent, which I'm sorry, you read the book and then the screenplay, you were like, nah, that's that's too much, man, can't do it. Well, and part of this trivia you, apparently is that he did you read the book? Um, he saw his own performance in a violent movie, and that's what turned him off. He was like, I don't really want to do violent roles anymore. So maybe he got it and then saw himself in the movie and was like, ugh, I don't like that. Never mind. 
He watched himself playing Lex Luthor and was like, wow, I really don't like this. <laughs> Maybe I should <laughs> do this next picture. <laughs> oh, man, this is bad. Maybe I shouldn't do this acting thing. Were you happy with how it ended, I guess? Like, are you, like, okay with the fact that, like, Hannibal gets away and it's this, like, air of mystery of what's going to happen? I mean, there's, you know, another movie and all that. but Yeah, but pretend it's, like, 1993. And as far as you know, they're never going to make another one. I don't know, but you're the open-ended guy, Ben. Is it... Uh... Is it closed enough for you? Because you like they got Buffalo Bill. I think it closes enough for me because of the fact that in my so I guess I go ahead and headcanon this one. He's in I don't know where exactly he's at at the end of the movie. Somewhere tropical, I guess, some sort of island. Um, I assume he kills and eats the other like the the psychiatrist. But in my mind, like, I don't know, he's just kind of, after that, he's he's in the wind. Like, it, does he keep killing people? Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't know that he ever goes back. I mean, I'm sure maybe in future movies, I, I can't rem- remember. Um, I'm pretty sure he ends up back in the U.S. But, not counting that movie. Like, if I'm thinking, like, it's, 19, it's 1993, it's been a couple movies, or a couple years since I've seen the movie... How does this end? I just think maybe kind of like Andy Dufresne at Shawshank, where like he's just living on a beach somewhere, you know, just living his best life, killing people. Maybe I don't know. It, I don't and know. I, I think as it, long as he kills that smarmy I, doctor, I don't really care what else he does. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I guess in my mind, like he just he one. I think he he thinks and probably knows that he's he would be able to go back. And, you know, probably keep getting away with stuff and, and he'd be on the run, but he he knows he'd be smart enough to stay ahead of the FBI, even even Agent Agent Starling. But I don't think he wants to deal with it. So I think in my mind, like, he just stays in whatever islands kind of hopping around. Maybe if he gets the urge to kill someone here or there, maybe he does. I mean, not that that's like a good thing, but I don't know. Probably all that kind of happens. Three of us technically had all seen this film before. Uh, Cam said he didn't remember anything. So you're going to get a fresh rating from Cam because he's a little goob who can't remember movies. And then. Okay, the thing is, I don't feel good. I don't feel good rating it before. Like, if I had to rate it before, I'd give it something like really crappy, like a five. Because, like, I just, I don't know. It, like, it, it didn't make an impression the first time. I guess I saw it, but I don't know. Cam, Cam was concussed and. His memories were <laughs> deleted from watching this two-hour movie. <laughs> deleted. Rather, rather than watching MacGruber, Cameron thought, I know, I'll watch Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> deleted. Uh, <laughs> I had to make space for other things, you know? <laughs> I had to make space for the room, so my this memory, got pushed my out. My was full. <laughs> I had to purge. <laughs> Uh, what should I keep? This Oscar-winning movie? <laughs> nah, get rid of it. I gotta remember how to say hi, Mark, to all of my friends. Oh, hi, Mark. You're my favorite customer. 
what's the what's the thing in SpongeBob where he's like, forget everything you know. That's not breathing fine and dining. fine dining. Yeah, fine dining and breathing. <laughs> <laughs> what's your name? Shit, where's the name? Where's the name? Oh my god. All right, Cam. What did, what did you think on uh, your your re first view? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> It, it was a really great movie. Uh, I actually really like crime movies and TV shows, and this was basically like a crime horror thriller type movie that had some, uh, you know, hor- like I said, horror elements in it. So I really liked it. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I thought it was really good. Uh, going in, I really remember enjoying this film, um, but it didn't like, it didn't leave like a big impression on me. Give it like a 7 out of 10. You know, it was one of those movies where it's like, oh, man, that was pretty good. Let me go watch, you know, Hannibal. Now I'm going to go watch Red Dragon. And I feel like I didn't really have a, a good respect for the movie. Uh, like I said earlier, no, one of the things that I wanted to do in life, going into college, I wanted to be a criminologist. I wanted to be Jodie Foster's character, you know. So there was now I'm like, damn, I, I really like that. Like, I'm like Cam. Like, I like true crime. Watching this made me want another season of Mindhunter, like... I just, it's something about it, like a fucking serial killer is just so haunting and like chasing them down. And you you kind of want to like, you just want to know like what makes those people tick because they're just so un unlike you, but they're they are a human as well. You know, like they're the most inhuman humans. Um, and I think Anthony Hopkins really knocks it out of the park in this movie by being that person like Ben said, is lifeless behind his eyes. Any scene that he's in, he just takes over. Jodie Foster does an excellent job in this movie trying to not necessarily keep up, but trying to like keep her own against Hannibal in this movie. And uh, yeah, it's really well made. Keeps you on the edge of your seat. There's things in it that like while it's... While it's considered a horror movie, it's not really horror, but it's so uncomfortable at times with, like, real-world horrors, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to bump this up. I'll give it a 10 out of 10. I think this Damn. movie is really good, and uh, I would put it up there. If I have to put it in horror, I'd put it as one of the best horror films. And if, in, if I put it in, like, a crime thriller category, it's top five for me. I, it's damn good dylan i i feel a lot of what you're saying i remember i think this movie one i i remember watching it two i think the things that you tend to remember about this movie are the things that are kind of constantly referenced right the night vision goggles the the girl in the pit the put the lotion in the basket you know a, a lot of the other type of of things that you know hello clarice would you fuck me uh, i'd fuck me yeah, the fava beans and a nice Chianti. Uh, those types of things that like stick out. But rewatching this movie, there's a lot that I was like, I don't, I didn't remember this. I had forgotten when he he gives her like the tries to give her like the throwaway or throw her off, and and she figures out like no, it's an anagram. It's really you know, like the self storage place where she finds the head and everything. I don't know, for some reason, I, I'd completely forgotten that part of the movie. And then he does it again when he gives them 
when Lecter gives the senator like the fake name, and she's like, "It's iron sulfide. It's fool's gold." So it's not the real name. And it's just like, oh, wait, okay. You kind of... Some of the things of, of how good Jodie Foster is at kind of figuring out... You know, for as good as as Hannibal Lecter, the character, is at reading people, you realize that Agent Starling's also very good at being able to read him. Which is a really kind of cool thing that kind of gets... Kind of got lost rewatch or on my first watcher nostalgia i guess rating but i also had it at a seven going in um i i bumped it up to a to a nine uh yeah i think like you said dylan it's hard to look at this movie if you put it in the horror category it's hard to look at this and not go this is one of the best horror movies period if you put it in crime thriller it's hard to look at it and go this isn't near the top of great crime thriller movies like it's one of those things that somehow does both and does them both to the point where they're really well done. Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, definitely check it out. Uh, it's it's more than worth a watch. If you enjoyed this, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod. Hit up the show notes. Get yourself uh, some alcohol and make yourself a Hello Clarice. Check out our website, www cocktailsandclassicspod.com If you like spooky shit, we got plenty of spooky episodes, so go check out some of those. Check us out next time. As always, watch responsibly.